Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. I'm going to just start with prayer. Father, I thank you for everyone that has come today and who's listening to this message. It is not by chance, Lord. You've prepared us, Lord, to open the eyes of the blind, heal the brokenhearted, and set the captives free. And I pray that today that will happen. Revelation will come into people's hearts. They will be set free. Their eyes will be opened. And if there's hurt and damage in their hearts, it would be healed right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that there are no accidents. Everyone who walked through here today is here and is planned according to your purposes. So, be prepared to hear. In the name of Jesus, amen. So, the keys of the kingdom unlocking favor. I feel that I have been prepared (laughs) for this sermon for a lifetime. When I first became a Christian a long time ago, um, I was probably in my 20s at the time at university. I always speak to Heath, we were at UCT together. Um, I said she probably met me, but that's when she stepped over me in a gutter somewhere. Um, <laughs> so I, was, I was having a good time, and uh, I came from a quite a broken family. Um, and I've never, ever, ever doubted the fact that I have absolute favor over my life. And I can look back now. And I know I've still got a journey ahead of me, and I can tell you of all the things that have gone wrong. (laughs) But that's not what favor's about, and I'm going to hopefully share some of that with you today. So it's not about the storms in life. It is is something far greater than that. Oh, the text is small. So favor, it is defined as... Approval, support, or liking for someone or something. An act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. Beyond what is due or usual. So, someone is looking at you differently. They're treating you differently. And some of the synonyms, uh, sorry, I'll try and do that. Too many uh, syllables there. But services, kindness, courtesy, and one word I've highlighted there, indulgence. Indulgence, it's, it's treating people, indulging their desires. If they come to you and ask for something, you will be prepared to receive them with kindness and meet their requirements and overflowing sometimes and blessing them in that area. There's an indulgence that comes with favor. And favor, interesting, when I had different verses in the Bible, Grace and favor were sometimes swapped around, and the passion, the word of grace, is often changed and replaced by favor. And so there's quite a close relationship between grace and favor. And favor, I'm going to start off right now, it's not a thing. If you're expecting a handout, like a tender, you know, yes, I've got favor, you know, I'll favor you with this. It's not like that. At all. Favor is a relationship. It is, it is built in relationship. 
So when you approach someone, like if a child comes to a father, there is favor to hear and to bless already based on relationship. John 14, 20. When that day comes and you will know that I am living in the Father and that you are one with me, for I will be living in you. Now this is, this is the root and the heart of where favor starts and ends. Christ is living inside of you. And with that favor comes additional favor. So when God looks at you, He is looking at Christ in you as well. How can He not look at you without favor? Because He loves the Son and He loves you. So from a position of Christ, when we become born again, and I'm talking to believers here, and I'm also even talking to non-believers, by the way, and that'll be part two. <laughs> but you already have this favor by the mere fact, when you ask Jesus into your life, and He came, and you believe that He came, favor came with it, in abundance and overflowing. So, so there is this aspect that Christ now dwells within me. And if you can stand and believe that Christ is living inside of you, you cannot deny that you must have favor in that. So don't get yourself into a mental argument. God is punishing me. It's not like that. If storms of life come, and I'll, I will cover that. Steve alluded to this verse, the times that we're living in. And this is what I will do in the last days. Are we living in the last days? We're living in those last days right now. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Everybody. Not one or two Christians. Not a prophet here and a prophet there. On everybody. Do you understand what the Bible is saying when it says everybody. There's a wave of the Spirit being poured out in abundance across the world in these times. It will cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And prophesy here is, is proclaiming what God is doing now and in the future. It is being able to know God's good will. So these men and women and children that it's talking about are in a position of relationship led by the Holy Spirit where they can speak on behalf of God, in a sense, to a generation that needs to hear it. They are that close in intimacy, and this is for everyone. It is those times, and this is what God is now doing. And it all comes down to this one aspect, how God sees you. Not how you see yourself. Okay, it, this is nothing about you. You're dead, but you're living. Okay, so don't come and crawl back onto the altar where you gave your life and try and play that you're not dead anymore. Sorry, that is finished. It is finished at the cross. So, 
This is how God sees you. And I took this from Song of Songs, and you can pick a million verses in the Bible about how God loves you. But I thought, let me use this particular one. <laughs> Song of Songs. But this is my beloved dove, unrivaled in beauty, without equal, beyond compare, the perfect one, the favorite one. This is who you are. This is how God sees you now. This is how God sees you now. Not what you did, not maybe sins that happened in the past that are lost and gone forever because he remembers the sin no more. But this is who you are and how God sees you now. This is what will set the captives free when they understand that it's not performance-based. This bride did not need to perform, but she is without equal, beyond compare, the perfect one. This is what made it all worthwhile for God. This is Isaiah 53 verse 10. A hard verse. Even though it pleased Yahweh, pleased God, it pleased God to crush, to crush with grief. So, it pleased God to crucify Jesus, but there was a reason for that. And he, restore, and he will be restored to favor. Okay, we know that's now happened. The, the word favor appears here. So Jesus had favor stripped away from him for a short time while he was crucified, and then he is now restored to where is Christ now? He is sitting at the right hand, and he's also living inside of our, us right now. After his soul becomes a guilt offering, okay, this is in the past tense, he will gaze upon his many offspring and prolong his days. Who are these many offspring? It is you. It pleased God to crush Jesus so that God could have a family that he could pour out his love upon. So, was the amazing love. And then he restored Jesus to favor. And through him, Yahweh's deepest desires. Wow. Who's asked, what is God's deepest desire? Have you ever sat and asked, what is God's deepest desire? The creator who made you. His deepest desire is to have a family that he can love and pour out his love into. You our offspring. You are children through Christ. Now God delights in Jesus. This is interesting. I took these verses very, very particularly because they all have favor in them. Luke 2 verse 39, when Mary and Joseph had completed everything required of them by the law of Moses. So this is the first 40 days, the time of purification after um, Jesus had been conceived. Uh, not conceived, uh, birthed. <laughs> they took Jesus and returned uh, to their home in Nazareth in Galilee. The child grew more powerful in grace, the word grace, for he was being filled with wisdom and the favor of God was upon him. Had Jesus done anything yet? I mean, he's like, Okay, 
he's already has favor. He's not performance-based. He just is the child of God. The next verse, Luke 2, verse 51. Now, this is when Jesus is 12. Jesus went with them back home to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Thank you, children. My kids are always obedient to me. I am favored, man. His mother treasured Jesus' words deeply in her heart. As Jesus grew, so did his wisdom and maturity, the favor of men this time. He's 12. The favor of men increased upon his life, for he was loved greatly by God. And so favor, the favor of men comes with the favor of God. Okay, I need to just qualify that and say mass opposition also comes with the favor of God. Okay, (laughs) so let's just get that straight. Okay, but the favor of man will also come with the favor of God upon your life. And that means people will treat you differently. That's what we just said, favors. They will indulge you. God's delight. Matthew 3.16. And as Jesus rose up of the water, you know this verse. Jesus being baptized the heaven, by John the Baptist. The heavenly realm opened up over him, and he saw the Holy Spirit descend out of the heavens and rest upon him in the form of a dove. Then suddenly the voice of the Father shouted from the sky, saying, This is the Son I love. My greatest delight is in him. Had Jesus done anything yet? He hadn't performed, not a miracle that we know about. Yet, he is the absolute delight of God. Favor from the day he was born. Favor when he was 12. There was no performance here. There was ownership as a son, a father loving a son. What do you desire? Psalm 37 verse 3. Keep trusting in the Lord and do what is right in his eyes. For your heart, fix your heart on the promises of God and you will be secure, feasting on whose faithfulness? His faithfulness. Okay. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. And I've highlighted, he will provide for you what you desire the most. Wow. Okay. What you desire the most. What the world can't offer you, but what your heart desires the most, is what God will give you if you fix yourself upon Him. Give God the right, the right to direct your life. Okay? Get off your throne and give Him permission. And as you trust Him along the way, you'll find that He pulled it off perfectly. <laughs> he, okay, what I found interesting is that this is written in the future tense. He pulled it off. When you come to the end of your life, he would have pulled it off perfectly. Your life is not wasted. He would have pulled it off perfectly. That is quite something. This is looking forward when you're ready to go to heaven and you're looking back and you can say, God, you pulled this off perfectly. Thank you. (laughs) You had this under control. So let's talk about this boat trip. We all know the famous boat trip. Jesus sleeping in the bottom of a boat. His disciples are a little bit nervous. 
and I don't want to spend too much time on this verse. But there are a couple of different scenarios that can play out. I like the what if. Okay? And I'm going to go quite quickly and just thank you for that word that came this morning. You, you'll see it's a direct parallel to what I'm about to share about now. So, great faithfulness. Thank you for stepping up. This boat trip, you can have different perspectives of this time in the boat. Jesus is sleeping and his disciples are fearful. Okay. And then they start waking Jesus up. Jesus, wake up. We're in trouble. We're going to die. We're all going to die. Now, there are different perspectives here in this boat. One, you could say, um, what would first prize be? Now, Jesus stands up and he talks to the storms and the wind. Um, and one would be a belief that the disciples maybe should have had. Let's call it level one maturity. That God has promised to never let my foot stumble and I won't drown. Okay, so that's, let's call it level one maturity. So I'm not going to die. Okay, because God said he will look after me. Okay. Number two, level maturity would be God is inside of me, i.e. he's in the boat. Why would God make his son drown? <laughs> okay. Level three, maturity would be um, storm. What storm? You know, there's a bit of a breeze blowing around here. Um, but God is in control of the situation. And I will look and look, put my eyes above the storm and it's all cool. Level four maturity is God made this storm and the waves and the water for my pleasure. They were made for me. Uh, this is my inheritance. Now storm, stop misbehaving and be still. There's a level of maturity in that where you understand that this was made for your pleasure and that I have full authority over the circumstance. With Christ inside of me, I cannot drown. I can speak with authority to the storm, which was made for me anyway, to teach me and to, to allow me to execute my authority. Because, I mean, what's the point of having a kingdom if you can't exert authority or to train to reign? Be still. Be still. God's delight is in your journey. That's it. These storms do come. Heather and I, I, pre I practice this sermon on, on Heather, you know, and I get like, a good assessment of where there's some holes. <laughs> and it was very, very valid. You know, so what if someone died in your life? Someone precious to you. What if this happened? How can I talk about favor now when I'm going through this crisis and this is my circumstance? You know, that really hurts. I mean, you're telling me that God is good, but, but this happened to me. I want you to separate this. God is not to blame for the bad choices of others. I mean, I am mightily favored. But I've also had Christian friends of mine nick a lot of my money, which God then restored. Is God to blame for the decisions that the other person made? Or my bad decisions in maybe giving this guy money as an investment? Is God to blame for that? <laughs> I can't blame him. Yes, the storms come. Well, not consulting my wife, properly listening to her. That was probably would have been, is God to blame for that? <laughs> All the external storms that come, 
coronavirus. You know, must I blame God for what happened through that? We can all draw close to Him with the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into His very image. So we are being transfigured into His very image. We're on a journey of transfiguration. Transfiguration, the same word that was used when Jesus climbed up the mountain and was there with Elijah. The same transfiguration on the mount, the very same verse. His disciples couldn't look upon him. He was so filled with glory at that time. The same verse. We are being transfigured. And as we move from one brighter level of glory to another, and this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So where does it come from? It's coming from the Lord inside of you and the Holy Spirit at work. They are in partnership. And they are transfiguring you into the image of Christ from one glory to another. That just doesn't happen by chance. It requires us to believe. And this word, abiding, as the prophetic word that was brought this morning, it comes from sitting in the lap of Christ. Well, of God. <laughs> but if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire. We talked about the desires. And it will be done. Favor is attached to the image and presence of Jesus, not our good standing or actions. I hope this sets you free. Now I want to just illustrate this point. So you are all going to act for me. Welcome. When you came to church this morning, you didn't know that you were going to be part of a play, did you? <laughs> so, I am a great and benevolent king. And you are my subjects. Thank you for taking your part seriously. <laughs> and you're coming to me with lots of issues, you know. Bills in the church aren't being paid. Sort them out, please. And, um, you know, we need, a, we need a, a borehole pump. Okay, I'll sort that out. Don't worry. I've got everything you need or desire. But um, so you can come with your demands, and I'm, I'm listening to them. I'm responding. But Anna, come up here. But Anna is my chosen daughter. So she gets direct access. She gets direct access to the king. And what's more, I'm quite happy to give her my crown and say, come, sit next to me, sweetheart. See, be kind to them, okay? <laughs> Thanks, sweetie. And I wanted to illustrate something. Did you get it? It's very important that you get it. Anna didn't do anything to earn my favor. She is my daughter. She could bypass all of you, and she's got direct access to me because she is my daughter. I have full authority which I've given to her because she is my daughter. She has my full inheritance which I gladly give to her to partake in as and when she needs because she is my daughter. And so this is a key to the kingdom that you need to understand because it unlocks 
blessing untold upon you. I had a picture of this, a picture of heaven standing with doors, multitudes of them above. And someone took a key and unlocked a door, and behind the door, blessing poured out. But there was no end to that blessing. And you were actually almost trying to push the door closed to try and slow it down. But there was no end behind that door. It just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming. But you have to take the key. You have to abide. You have to understand what it takes to unlock the blessings in heaven. So, I've actually pretty much come to the end, in a sense. Favor comes from heaven pouring itself out. God's desire, His heart's desire, is to pour Himself out. This is a two-part preach. Because the next week I want to deal with what favor means for the world. This is not just for you. This is, God has intentionality in everything He does. And you're blessed to be a blessing, and I'm not going to tackle that today. But I need you to understand that you're already blessed. That favor is pulled down, shaken down, covering you. You might not feel it. You might not see it. But if you fall onto your father's lap and abide there, you will know it. You will experience it. So, I'm going to end off there. What we are going to do is we're going to just, we're going to pray. I think this is, and, and there's Rob. That Rob, that last song was very, very good as well. Um, some of the words in there, just about God and who he is. But you, you, you can play it as you want. But what I want you to do is let's just, um, can I ask you to stand up? I think there's not something we're going to do sitting down. I just want you to play, just, just close your eyes now, and this crown, okay, well, I've asked you to close your eyes so you won't see it, but <laughs> if you open them and focus on this crown, just imagine that it is on your head, okay, that, that is who you are, don't believe what others say you are, or what the world says you are, oh, look at your past failures, I can number my past failures, but it doesn't take away from the favor that God has placed upon my life. I live this. This is something I live and breathe. I truly believe that God has poured out His favor upon my life. I have a gorgeous wife, wonderful children. I started off <laughs> when I got married with 10,000 rand in my bank account. That's what I brought into the marriage. <laughs> it's a long journey since then. But it's not just material blessing, although that is part of it. There's a spiritual blessing. There's the favor of man. I have it in my workplace. I have it. I didn't worry about coronavirus and how it would affect my work. I just really believed that God would look after me. I came to within 48 hours of the last job and the next one came in. That has carried me through. But I really just, that's something I just believe in. So let's just pray. Father, I pray that your great love this is what it's about. It's about your great love. 
being poured out upon this earth, Lord, so that all would receive it and benefit for not for future in heaven, but for now. The kingdom of God is here for now. This is the good news to be preached, is that God is not angry anymore. His favor is upon us. The good news is that His favor is upon us. We are blessed to be a blessing. And Lord, I pray that hearts would receive it right now where there is doubt. God could not love me. I break that in the name of Jesus. Where there is fear, I, I, I can't let this go. I'm not worthy. I break that in the name of Jesus. You are worthy. You are worthy. Where there has been suffering on the journey and you say, Lord, my life has been hard. There's been pain, suffering, health issues. Lord, I just pray that you would restore. Restore. Restore now in the name of Jesus. That they would see the end goal. That they would see that, that you're looking upon them with favor and that you've got it mapped out. It's okay. You will restore. Father, I just pray for your breath of life now for everyone here, that they would go out to a fallen world with confidence in who you are in them, with confidence in your indulging them, their requests. I pray that they would not be scared to ask and pray because there's an open heaven. We claim this right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your favor on everyone here. Jesus' name. Amen.